Well, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. Hi there, I'm Heather Handyside. I'm Chief Communications Officer for GCI, Alaska's largest telecommunications provider, serving more than 97% of the state. And I'm Mike Birch, the AU Illusions Project Manager for GCI. All right, Heather and Mike, uh, glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks for uh, for joining me here. Um, so, you know, I've spent, you know, some time recently uh, with uh, the company GCI. You know, we've talked about things like DOCSIS upgrades and the use of uh, high split uh, upgrades and the deployment of two gig services and so forth. Uh, but today we're really going to be, I think, spending some time talking about uh, the big fiber project that you have going on, uh, the GCI Alaska United Aleutians Fiber Project, if I'm stating it right. So, you know, there's there's a milestone that we're going to get into, but uh, I was wondering if um, maybe one of you can first uh, maybe help to kind of set the stage about, you know, what that project is, what it entails, uh, some background on it, and, and kind of why it's important. Sure. Um, Mike, if you don't mind, I'll start off just kind of giving some context for folks. I think um, most of your listeners, I'm assuming, live in the lower 48. And so to provide connectivity in Alaska, I think, is a really unique concept that people don't fully grasp. When we're talking about connecting Alaskans, we're talking about incredibly vast distances, a state that is twice the size of Texas, um, and deploying to very small remote communities. And when I say remote, I mean there are no roads for hundreds of miles around. The only way that you can get there is to fly. There is one nurse, if we're lucky, maybe one school that serves K through 12, and they maybe have 50 students. These are really tiny communities. So um, building out across Alaska can be a huge challenge. Um, in the case of the, uh, the AU Aleutians project and the Aleutian chain, these are this is the westernmost communities in the nation, other than Hawaii. They're extremely tiny. Um, they're on um, a peninsula that has um, significant weather issues for folks that watch the deadliest catch. They know what the oceans, what the seas are like around there. Right. And they're home to a bunch of really great, hardy people. Um, but getting fiber down there, getting connectivity has been a real challenge. Right now, and for probably the past few decades, they've been served solely by satellite service, geostationary satellite service. So oh. their experience would be probably a, a, a 2G um, level of connectivity and, and, and satellite internet. And so, so they've really been restricted. So not even like, uh, I mean, do they even have like, is it even like the land of dial-up or DSL out there? I mean, is primarily satellite kind of in that area, that region? Yeah, Mike, connect me if I'm wrong, but yeah, every all internet service, on all connectivity is provided by geosatellite service. Wow. Okay. All right. And what is the, uh, we're going to kind of get into the project here, maybe talk about uh, the goals and kind of the origins of it, right? To, to, to bring, you know, connectivity to the, to this hard to reach area. Yeah, I think, you know, GCI has been looking at this for a long time because though it's very remote and though there are very, you know, most of the communities have a very small population, the community of, of Unalaska Dutch Harbor is the nation's, I think, second busiest fishing port by volume. Also, as you know, because of climate change, it's a major, it's becoming more of a major seaport. It's a gateway to the Arctic. And so we've really been looking about at how we can provide better connectivity. But this is a, and it would require an enormous investment. And we really just couldn't make it my financial, you know, good business model for it. 
Right. Um, we were able to get, uh, but we've been looking at it for years. So we were able to finally get federal funding through a, an RUS USDA grant of $25 million. We're matching that with $33 million of our own capital funding for a $58 million project, which will uh, which will create um, a, an 800-mile fiber that will serve seven th- about 7,000 people along the Aleutians. And Mike has much more uh, technical expertise or background on what that will look like. Right. Yeah. And um, well, Mike, let's, maybe we can talk about the, uh, you know, the actual fiber piece and and kind of the, the recent news, you know, kind of the milestone, I guess we, we could call it. Because um, GCI, you guys announced earlier this month, I think, that a bunch of uh, specially built fiber has begun its sea uh, uh, journey, I guess, <laughs> to the area. So maybe talk a little bit about what's what's on the way and uh, when when it's supposed to arrive and, and kind of how this is going to fit into the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a long process. So we we started the bid process for the subsea fiber cable in February of twenty one. Signed okay. the contract in April of twenty one, and then um, at that point, all that we had was a high level design for the subsea fiber from our in house engineer. So our vendor was able to order the raw materials needed to build the cable. Uh, but we still needed a marine survey to provide details about the proposed route, such as the topology uh, and any potential obstacles, um, like previously unidentified shipwrecks or large rock formations. Um, and so to identify where we needed single, double, or heavily armored cable along the route. Uh, the marine survey was completed in summer 21. Then our in-house engineer worked directly with the engineers for the vendor manufacturing the subsea fiber as well as the vendor installing it to produce the final cable design. The final design engineering effort took two additional months after that before we were even able to start manufacturing the cable. Uh, So manufacturing started in late October 21, wrapped up in early May 22, uh, and it took 14 months from beginning to end to get it to that point. Um, And now it's on a, a ship on its way to British Columbia where we're going to offload the fiber onto cable laying vessels, which will head out later this summer to start the install. Okay, now the fiber itself, now, uh, did you have to do, I mean, it said specially built, so did you have to, like, actually issue specifications? I mean, it's not like there's something off the shelf that's like, yeah, we need uh, a big giant spool of, uh, you know, this thing on the menu, you know, I mean, what kind of process was that? Oh, I yeah, tried to buy some at Home Depot, and it just didn't work out. So we really had to specialty well, order it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. At least, at least you 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 tried the the path of least resistance, you know, <laughs> before going to this other level. But uh, yeah, so it, it, this is this was uh, kind of from scratch, or you know, how how would yes. you kind of say it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a custom order cable. Every foot of this has been engineered. Um, our in house engineer, uh, like I said, worked with with the engineers from the other companies and. They looked at every foot of that route and de- determined exactly what type of cable would need. And, and some of that, some of the factors were whether or not we could bury it, right? If you're on top of, of a rock, you're not going to be able to bury that. So it's going to lay on top. So you're going to add mm-hmm. some additional armoring. Uh, if you're getting real sharp rocks, they're going to put the heavily armored uh, cable there. Uh, and then when you're able to bury, you can go a little bit lighter on the armor. So they looked at the entire route, um, did geotech uh surveys and determined what the sediment looked like on the bottom and what we were able to do. So uh, it's definitely a specialized cable. Okay. And once, you know, we'll, we'll talk about like how it's going to get deployed and everything a little bit, but you know, once it's down there, um, 
is there a way, and it's a lot, it's a, a lot of cable to kind of uh, keep tabs on. So are you able to kind of monitor and, and know, you know, if something is uh, awry, you know, in a certain segment and, you know, somebody have to like dive down there and, and take a look, you know, if you have to fix something, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't even have it yet, but I'm just kind of, you know, thinking about, you know, that kind of a situation. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a long cable to, uh, uh, to keep tabs on. It is. And it's a busy fishing area on top of mm -hmm. that. Um, yep. So the, the long haul transport equipment that we're using from Sienna will indicate if there's a fault anywhere along the cable and it'll tell us exactly where it's at. Um, and we, we have um, a maintenance contract in the event there is an issue with the cable and, and they will deploy with their ship and, and they'll send divers or they'll pull it up from the bottom or do what they have to do to, to repair the fiber. So, okay. so it's a fairly complicated process. Okay. And there was a uh, photo, I think, with the announcement that you put out that it looked like this big, giant spool of material with, like, people on it. Yeah, kind of to give it some scale. Um, I mean, the people look like, you know, they're like these tiny little figures with this, you know, massive uh, spool. So is this the, are we looking at like the the actual fiber that's tied to the project with that that image, if I'm right? Yeah, absolutely. So we had okay. two of those tanks loaded with fiber. It's more than 800 miles of subsea fiber, um, mm -hmm. weighing in at almost 2,000 tons. So significant amount of fiber on that freighter that's coming from Germany. Right. And I think in your announcement, you're like, it's not exactly something you can just throw on an airplane and, uh, you know, uh, fly over, you know, to Alaska. Right. Yeah. Definitely so, not. Okay. Um, all right. Well, great. Well, it's, it's on the way. Um, so once the, the fiber completes the journey on the ship, uh, talk a little bit about like what the next steps are, you know, how are you going to, uh, kind of roll this out? And then, how do, how do you how are you going to use that to actually connect into the uh, into the area, you know, to uh, so that homes and businesses, you know, in the region actually get service. Yeah. So, so the freighter is on its way to British Columbia, and once it gets there, mm -hmm. there's going to be a transfer of the cable from the freighter onto the cable laying vessels. Uh, that takes a couple of weeks, and then at that point, they're going to head out towards Alaska and start the install in late July. Uh, that's going to run through early October. They have landings in six communities, on Alaska being the first and Larson Bay being the last community. And then they're going to connect that to our facilities that already exist on Kodiak Island. Uh, and that'll complete the subsea fiber path. So that's one, that's, that's a huge component, right? So we have the subsea fiber. We also have to install shelters in each of the communities because this is unrepeated in the water. This, this is all passive. So we'll be installing shelters in each community with equipment to repeat the signal down the Aleutian chain. Uh, so in addition to the mm -hmm. subsea fiber work, we're also building shelters right now. We're building shelter pads. We're building routes from the beach into our facilities. Uh, all of that's ongoing right now. Um, and, and that completes that kind of part of the project to get network uh, connectivity all the way down to on Alaska. In addition to that, we're building fiber to the premise networks in each of the six communities down the Aleutian chain. And that's how we plan to deliver to homes and businesses uh, once we light up this fiber. Okay, so it'll be the access network will be all fiber there. Okay. Which is really extraordinary when you think about the communities that we're serving. For example, I think the smallest that we're serving is Larson Bay. It's a community, the population is 80, that, um, and mm -hmm. it is largely Alaska native. It's a strong history of fishing in the community, but this tiny community 
is going that is you know hundreds of miles from Anchorage, the biggest city, is going to have two gig speeds. It's it's amazing. It is going to be transformational, a game changer, not only in that community but throughout the region as we do this. Right, because they haven't had anything near that. I mean, um, I'm guessing yeah. they've had with with satellite. I mean, uh, I guess you, you, there's certain limitations with that, particularly with like two way, you know, interactive sort of applications. Uh, I guess they can do some video streaming, but uh, yeah, I think with two gig, they can kind of do about anything else anybody in the, the the rest of the world would would need to do at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the you know you talked about the uh, the costs of the project, right? Uh, in terms of the total cost and and how much came from the grant and so forth. Now, does that just cover the uh, does that cover everything to the point where uh, you're, you're connecting to uh, end customers, or is this to kind of you know lay the everything but that? Mike, you go ahead. You go. Oh, I can do it. Okay, no problem. Uh, so, <laughs> so the grant is for twenty five million, but the, the project budget is fifty eight million. Um, right. The grant clearly doesn't cover all of it. There is um, a significant investment by GCI to get this done. Um, and uh, yeah, so 33 million of our, our money, 25 million of federal money is what we're, we're budgeted for to get this all of the work done. That includes um, all the way to the customer's home, the, the device mm-hmm. sitting inside their home. Okay. And what, uh, and, and as far as like outreach to businesses and uh, residential uh, or residences, so will they effectively become GCI customers. I mean, despite the grant and everything, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna effectively own those customers, right? Well, many of the customers in the community, uh, the people in the community, are already our customers from okay. um, our, for our wireless service. Um, we do some wholesale sales to local internet providers down there, so we already have relationships, and we also provide uh, services to clinics and hospitals. So, um, communities already are part of are part of our customer community. Um, but we do see this, you know, a, a lot of pent up uh, interest in this. And so looking probably to, you know, expand our reach even further as we bring new products online. Right. And what have you, have you had a lot of uh, like proactive uh, outreach from the community about this kind of uh, people already asking, hey, when uh, when am I going to be able to, you know, get hooked up here? Oh, yeah. Well, I think, um, well, you know, we really had to reach out to the community all the way back in 2019 to get letters of support to to make this project happen for grant purposes. And so to really explain the case, how transformational this was going to be, we were planting the seeds a long time ago. I think, you know, between when we received the grant and uh, the installation and, you know, for turning up the first service in Unalaska at the end of this year, um, you know, people have been eager to, to for it to happen, but it hasn't been front and center. Yeah. Um, but I think now it re- people are going to really be interested once the fiber ship arrives and they can start seeing it um, offshore, and that really makes it real, right? So right. that's uh, we have tons we have tons of interest. But I will say when we've turned up fiber service in similar communities, we just recently did this through a partnership with uh, Quintillion Fiber Networks in Nome and Kotzebue. So think about Nome, you know, the home of the Iditarod. Before this, they were probably their their internet speeds was or 10.1 for consumers. Now they are getting two gig speeds. And what we have seen is GCI customers in there, in those communities, once they get two gig, um, their usage has increased an average of 564%. So 
So the whole, if you build it, they will come has really proven true. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you, uh, you already have kind of a, uh, a track record with this sort of scenario. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. And especially with school from home, work from home, it's become all the more relevant connectivity has become uh, so much more important. And really, I think that Alaska has a, a very unique case in terms of telehealth. We've done this for a decade. That's a standard way of delivering service, especially in rural communities. So we're used to using connectivity in kind of ways that are maybe a little bit newer to the rest of the world now that we're in more um, distributed workforce kind of model or work from home and, you know, the things that COVID has taught us. But uh, right. we think people will adapt right away. Okay, great. And I know a lot of our focus today has been about, hey, the, the uh, high level broadband, you know, two gig sort of service. But uh, beyond that, are you uh, going to be bringing in, you know, video, uh, voice? Or are you going to be kind of running the whole portfolio of services um, like you do in other parts of the state? Yes, we will. You know, we, what we really are trying to convey is that fiber is the great equalizer in Alaska. So if we provide you fiber service, you're going to get the same service that people in Anchorage or Juneau or Fairbanks, which in Alaska are some of our biggest, most urban towns. So that means right. you have the, the same wireless service, the same Yukon TV service, um, the same internet, the same plans. And for a lot of our rural customers, the big piece is just unlimited data, which they've not, the speeds in the unlimited data, which they've not had before. Okay, great. And getting the, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the fiber to the area, you know, it's a huge mile. It'll be a huge milestone, a huge step. Uh, but as far as like from that point to getting the first customer connected, I mean, what do you think will be the, uh, you know, the biggest challenge for, to kind of get, you know, through that leg of the, uh, the, the journey? So um, this is a great question. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the subsea fiber is only one component of this, right? So we, right. we're also building fiber as a premise networks in each community. In Alaska, we've already built 75% of that. Um, we started in October of 2021, and we're expecting to wrap up in September of this year. Uh, and that'll provide connectivity to all the homes and businesses in Alaska. We're also looking to go to Accutan before the end of the year and build that um community out as well. It's one of the smaller ones, just slightly larger than Larson Bay. I think it's 85 people or somewhere in that, that neighborhood. So it's a couple of people mm -hmm. larger, but um, that's the other community we're looking to build this year. Um, and so we've ordered all of the customer devices. We have, you know, everything else is ready to go. We're just get, need to get the subsea fiber lit up and then complete our, our fiber to the premise build in, in the communities. Yeah, I, okay. think, I think Mike and the team have been building out enough fiber conduit. I don't know. It probably reaches to the sun and back by this point. There's so <laughs> much going in in the community. So. Right. Feels like it. Well I, well, I guess it's good also that uh, you're getting the fiber in here, and uh, apparently you stay in the head of the, uh, the supply chain fund that uh, everybody's been going through. So, so congratulations on getting it onto the boat and on the way. Yeah. So. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Great. It's been a challenge for sure. Yeah. Great. So I think that's where we're going to leave it today. So uh, Heather and Mike, I really appreciate you joining us here today and, and look forward to, uh, you know, getting some updates, you know, as things progress. Uh, but again, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks, hey, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And Jeff, I look forward to our uh, next podcast. Let's do a, a live video feed from Alaska. Hey, I'm all for that. Get that uh, two gig connection and we'll take yeah. advantage of it. All right. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. All right. Bye.